Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27. The Bible says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Hallelujah. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was the fall. Here ends the reading of his holy word. The uh, theme for this whole month is Yashad or Yashad, which means firm foundation. Hallelujah. And for today, we want to talk about the foundation of our faith. Somebody say the foundation of our faith. Or say like you mean it, the foundation of our faith. In this story, Jesus gives a scenario where two people built a house. And the Bible says that one built upon the rock. We are not told the type of house he built, but he dug deep and he built upon the rock. Amen. The other also built, but he built upon the sand. We are not told how big the house was, but it was a house. Amen. Let's assume that the houses, the two houses are the same in terms of dimensions and size. The only difference was where it was built. Amen. In, in, in the same account in Luke chapter 6, verse 47, there's an interesting twist there. I want you to look at it. Luke chapter 6, verse 47 to 48. Jesus says something. He says that whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep. Someone say he dug deep. And laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Amen. So, Dr. Luke gives us a little more description that the guy dug deep. Amen. In order to build the house. Recently, um, some civil engineers in America decided to come up with uh, houses that will withstand hurricanes, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes, because in that part of the world, they suffer a lot of, you know, wind. Hurricane is like a very powerful wind that normally sweeps the house and anything and everything in its way. So the engineers were coming up with how to build hurricane and tornado resistant houses. And each uh, model that they used was really about the depth that they had to go in order to sustain the house or withstand the wind. Are you with me? So the model was not about how big the structure is or how small the structure is or anything, but it was about how deep the depth of the foundation on which the house was going to stand. 
Because it is the strength of the foundation that determines the strength of the house or the stability of the house. In other words, when you are not, you don't build deep. Jesus refers to you as a fool. Because whoever you are, whatever you are, the wind and the rain and the storm will try whatever you are building. So you are building a relationship. Remember, the wind, the rain, and the storm will try that relationship. You are building a marriage. Remember that the foundation is important because the wind, the rain, and the storm will try that marriage. If you are building a business, remember that the wind, the rain, and the storm will try that business. Hallelujah. If you are building your Christian life, remember that the wind, the rain, and the storm will try your Christianity. One day, Solomon went to build in 2 Chronicles chapter 3. He went to build the house of God. You know, the Old Testament gives us a picturesque theme for our life. So what we are seeing is like an image in the Old Testament for the life we ought to live. Are you with me? So the Bible says that, um, give me the scripture, 2 Chronicles 3. Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah where the Lord had appeared to his father David at the place that David had prepared the threshing floor of Onan the Jebusite. Amen. He began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. This is the foundation which Solomon laid for the building, for building the house of God. The length was 60. Now, change, change, give me NLT. I don't like this one. So, is it that hot? These are the dimensions Solomon used for the foundation of the temple of God. Using the old standard measurement, it was 90 feet long. And on, on, on Wednesday, I was saying that this pillar to that pillar is about 15 feet. Are you with me? So to talk about 90 feet, you are talking about six times this length was the depth that he dug for the foundation. Not the building. For what? The foundation. And the width. The width of the foundation was 30 feet, which is twice. Are you with me? So if you like, from there to there is the width of the foundation on which the building was going to sit. We are told that Solomon's temple was destroyed, but not totally destroyed. In fact, up to today, when you go to Israel, you can find a remnant of the building. After 4,000 years, you can still find a remnant of the building. Why? Because of the foundation. And that 
is supposed to be our, the depth of the foundation of our Christianity. Because he's building a house for God. We are building a Christian life for God. Am I making sense? And in our building, we must dig. Amen. The reason why the modern day Christian, our Christianity doesn't last very long, is because of the lack of foundation. Lack of depth. You just come to church. You, you get born again. You do three born again classes. And after the three classes, you, um, you, you join the choir, you join the media club, you join something, you, and you look busy. Anytime you look busy and we feel that you are very spiritual and we leave you. And that's the foundation. Until the storm comes. Offense comes. The first offense, you decide to stop singing. That's just the first wind. Then the second wind, now you come to church one Sunday in a month. Then the third wind, you have gone to the next church. Because you are angry with this church, so you move to the next church. And we, we forget that the wind is, is irrespective of the type of building. So the wind will meet you again. The storm will come. Because storms are seasonal. Are you with me? Rains are seasonal. So every season will bring a storm. There is something called the hurricane season. In America and in the Caribbean, every time there's hurricane season, they go through the same turbulence. So from this church to next door church, you go through the same... Maybe this time the wind is even more than last year. Because of the past experience and past hurt, the slightest wind. Now it's like you don't even move in stages. Immediately you say, no, 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 this is not the church. Then you go to the next church. After the third church, you leave Christianity altogether. And that is the story of most modern day Christians because of the lack of depth. Why do you believe what you believe? What, 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 you see, and then they say something, then some people like that, this is a classic example of people who are, who lack depth, who will get offended. They'll go and put, uh, give me a phone. They'll put ring lights after the event. Don't believe in a man of God. Don't call anybody pastor. God is our father from today. That, that, uh, Uh, what do you call it? Instagram life. TikTok life. Uh, are you with me? It's like, it's, 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 because now you have become a preacher against, against preachers and the gospel because as far as you are concerned, that is where your head came from. Without realizing that, it was just a storm. And in nature, storm is part of life. I don't know whether I'm getting through to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so we need to understand what we are doing here. Why are we here? What is the reason why you have come here? I remember one wedding that I went to. This was many years ago. Around 1985, thereabouts. I went for a wedding, and 
The first, you know, the, the, the priest comes, the, the couple are in front, and the first question the priest asks the man was, what are you doing here? Why did you come here? And the answer the man gave was that I came to marry a wife. Then he said to, I'll never forget, this was many years ago, I'll never forget, he said, I came to marry a wife, not I came to marry a woman. He said that if you had, if you had answered, I came to marry a woman, I would have let you go back. Because you don't go and, you don't come and marry a woman, you come and marry a wife. Which means that the girl who is standing here must not be a girl, must not be a woman, must be a wife. There's a difference between a girl and a wife. There's a difference between a woman and a wife. Are you with me? Are you a wife? If you are not a wife, don't come here. There's a difference between a boy. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you are not man enough to be married, they call you a boyfriend. You can be 60 years old and they still call you what? A boyfriend. Why? Because you're not man enough. You haven't put a ring. So you're a boy. Being a boy is not about your age. It's about what you do and what you believe in. Your doings is what makes you a boy. That is the reason why some people get married. They go to work. After work, they go and sit with the boys in the pub till 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock. And, and then they come home when everybody's... Because his, his, his was never a husband. He was a boy. He didn't understand the foundations of marriage. He just... He wandered into marriage and he just found himself there. Hallelujah. Stop being a boy and be a real man and be a husband. Some people are trying to push me there. I won't go there. I'll go the next year, next month, not this month. <laughs> Let me stick to the foundation of our faith. If somebody says to you, why are you a Christian? What makes you sure that when you die, you go to heaven? What would be your answer? I listen to gospel music. Or I go to CIC, so I'm a Christian. No, 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 that's the wrong answer. I speak in tongues, so I must be a Christian. No. What is the foundation of your faith? What do you believe? And why do you believe in what you say you believe? We call something the Christian faith. What is the Christian faith? What is it all about? Why is it called faith? And how does it work? You will have to start digging. And when you start digging, digging is very difficult. Because digging is an effort that you have to use to beat into, into what? The ground. And then you have 
levels of soils and different types of soils. You have the, the geologists can help me. You have sedimentary rock. You have the, what do you call it? Meta, metamorphic and ignos rocks. And each rock has a certain strength and resistance. So the, as you go down, it gets harder. So if you think about digging 90 feet deep, you will definitely go past the topsoil. You definitely go past the sedimentary, go past the metamorphic, and then uh, what do you call it? Igni, igneous. Yeah, you have to dig because your Christian faith will stand the test of time. When I got born again, I said this on Wednesday. You're not allowed to even think about speaking in tongues for at least six months. Because we need to teach you the word of God. And you need to learn how to pray in your understanding with the word of God. Are you with me? In the day, this modern day Christian, Sunday you come to church, you get born again. Tuesday we lay hands on you, receive thanks. Thursday you are on the bus preaching. Friday you are a prophet prophesying on YouTube. Next week, uh, what do you call it? Saturday, you put a ring and you are telling people how good God is and what God has done with three verses that you have learned. Very soon here, you give yourself a title and you get following. And they start calling you pastor, they start calling you something. No faith, no structure. I, I was saying on Wednesday that the constitution we have as Christians is the Bible. And if you are going to be a good lawyer, you must be very, very good. You must be adept in the constitution. Because you're going to use the constitution or the law to defend every client. You are going to fight with the law in every case. Are you with me? So, if you go to prayer, we are coming to start fasting. On what basis are you fasting? On what basis are you praying the prayer you are praying? What is the ground that you are standing on? Who told you that somebody will listen to that prayer and answer it? What's the assurance of faith that this prayer is being heard and answered by God? The reason why some lawyers have never won cases and some lawyers have never lost cases is because of their depth in the law and how they are able to use it. Are you with me? When you say mala, 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 because you came for a prayer meeting, everybody's playing mala, mala, so it's mala, 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 mala. What are you saying? And what is the thing that you are saying? What is it doing? Have you taken time to break it, to understand? That is why some prayers are answered and some prayers are not answered. Because it has to do with knowledge. On, on, you guys, if you, didn't, you are not here on Wednesday, get the, the, the tape, watch the, the tape so that you can understand. Because the word of God will make whatever you are doing good. What makes you a good Christian is the word of God. Hallelujah. And you need to understand what this is all about. So today we are going to talk about faith. 
What is the faith? What is faith? What does faith mean? What will faith do? So faith is a physical and a spiritual action that are taken based on the word of God. So faith is an action that is taken based on the word of God. Amen. So it is a principle that does the work Not a feeling. It's a belief that moves your foot. Give me the amplified version of uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I want the amplified version. You know, they have two amplifieds. Not, that, not this one, the other amplified. The classic amplified. Now, somebody say now. Now, Now, faith is the assurance. Somebody say assurance. Assurance. The confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact. What is not revealed to the senses? Uh, It's it's very loaded and complex. So go back. Let's try and break it down. Faith. Now faith is the assurance. Someone say assurance. What is an assurance? An assurance is certainty that you receive based on the person who has given you that assurance. When Tina gives me assurance that she's going to give me a million pounds at the end of service, I don't feel assured. (laughs) It is an assurance. Are you with me? But based on the person and my knowledge of the person, I am doubting the authenticity of that assurance. Are you with me? If she had said 100 pounds, I am likely to believe. If she had said 1,000 pounds, I am likely to believe. But to say a million pounds, the first thing I'll do is I'll look at the shoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, this, yes, this is just a joke. Come on, lighten up. So, Faith is the assurance of things. Forget about the the bracket of things. So faith is based on the hope to receive things. Based on the one who gave that hope. Are you with me? It's not just the assurance. Where where it's coming from makes the difference. Because when it's coming from somebody that I don't trust, it is no more assurance. Are you with me? When you give me a piece of paper and you say that this is a title deed of, of a five-bedroom house that I want to dash you, I will say, Shebi, you the wine mini. Yeah. 
Are, are you with me? I'm spending enough time with Nigerians, isn't it? Yeah, I would say, Shabi, you they wind me. Why would I say, are you winding me? Because when I look at you, and I look at the paper, and I'm talk, you are talking about five-bedroom house, and I look at your shoes. Your shoe is very important. <laughs> One day, my sister... My sister went, my sister and I went, we traveled to a certain country. And um, my, uh, what's what it called? The, the, the one guy saw my sister and said, I like you. And I'm going to, you know, started like rapping my sister. And, um, and as, as the guy was talking and talking and talking, my sister said, as he was talking, I looked at the shoes. And then I said, <laughs> they said, come on, let's go. <laughs> so I said, why? He said, the shoe that the guy is wearing doesn't go with what he's saying, so let's go. <laughs> so the shoes are very, very important. Hallelujah. Yeah. A title deed. The title deed or the confirmation is equal to a house. Are you with me? So if I come to you and I say happy birthday and I give you a title deed in your name with an address of a house and, and like fully paid for receipts and I say that that is it. You will start Jumping, even though you haven't seen the house. Why? Because it is no longer hope. It is something beyond hope. Because I have checked the person who gave me the title. I know his word is good for it. And not only that, now he's put the paper in my hand. And not only that, the paper has my name. I don't need to see the house. I have evidence that the house belongs to me. When somebody says, I have given you a car. Yeah, God bless you. Brother, sister, pastor, I've given you this house. This is the keys and this is the registration details. And you look at the logbook and it has your name. The car may be parked in Adel. Or in Manchester. It doesn't matter. I have the documents. I have the registration. And I have the keys. It's only a matter of walking from here to Manchester. To the specific address where the, ha the, the, the car is. To unlock the car and drive the car off. I am I making sense? So... Faith is the assurance, the confirmation of the title deed of things we hope for being the proof that we do not see. We haven't seen the car, but the title deed is proof. You understand what I'm saying? What I have in my hand is proof that what he said, it is true. So it is no longer hope. Or wish. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So like uh, uh, the, the King James says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance, the evidence of things not seen. And when you, when you read it like that, it, sometimes you can gloss over it and not understand that it is not just hope. You need hope. You need hope. Hope is the first step on which you acquire faith. But faith is not just hope. Uh, there's an assurance that this thing that I am, I've been promised is mine. It exists. It's already in my name. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't touched it yet. I haven't felt it yet. But it's only a matter of time. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to touch it. And it's going to be my possession. It's only a matter of time. Amen. Being the proof of things that we do not see. And uh, evidence, the conviction of their reality. Amen. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Hallelujah. It has not come to the senses yet. But because of the assurance I have, I believe. In John chapter 20, John chapter 20, the Bible says that Jesus has died and now has appeared. And when Jesus appeared, Thomas was not there. Are you with me? Verse 26. He says that eight days later, the disciples were talking, were together again. This time, Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. And suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger in my hand. Are you with me? Put your finger into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Because for Thomas, the senses is everything. If I can see, if I can feel, if I can touch, if I can smell, then I will believe. Are you getting it? But he says that the faith is not when you feel. The faith is believing when you haven't felt. Are you with me? So he says that don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Verse 28. My Lord and my God. Thomas exclaimed. 29. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen senses. The five senses. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Are you with me? The world system is like Thomas. When we see, then we we'll believe. The reason why they call us fanatical and silly people who are brainless is because we don't act with our five senses. What is this that you, one day when you die, you go to heaven? Isn't it foolishness? Are you with me? Because with them, the day when I die and I go and I say, hey, there was a heaven. Now I've seen. Now I'll believe. Are you getting it? 
When I can feel it, I can touch it, then I'll believe. When I can put my finger into the wound, then I can believe. But what is this that some people said they saw Jesus and it's good enough. So Jesus said that blessed are you who has been seen and yet you believe. Why? Because you have more faith and your faith is working for you better than the one who has to see before they believe. Am I making sense? So, your hope and your expectation is just a step. Your action that is predicated on the hope and the assurance is what is faith. In other words, when I gave you the title deed, it was not faith. When I gave you the keys to the car, it was still not faith. You have received it, and you have said thank you, but it's still not faith. You know what faith is? Faith is when you begin to walk towards Manchester. Based on the fact that I gave you the title deed, I gave you the keys, and I showed you the address, and you are walking because of the word of my assurance, and you walk to the car, then faith is complete. Are you with me? Because you manifest faith after you have accepted the word and walked because of the word that you have received. Am I making sense? So, we get born again. Right? Because of a word that is preached. Amen? And we receive it. But it's just one small thing called hope. One small thing called that faith has to grow. See, man is, I think First Thessalonians uh, 5.23 says that God sanctify your whole. May, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We say that you are essentially a spirit. Are you with me? You have a soul and you live in a body. With your spirit, you access spiritual things. Are you getting it? With your spirit, you access spiritual things. You access the spiritual things. With your soul, it's your intellect. Your soul is your thinking, it's your feeling. With your soul, you 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 get emotions, and not only emotions, you begin to understand them. It's in the soul. So, when you get born again, your spirit receives Christ. Spiritual. Are you with me? Everything else is the same. Now, your soul is being transformed as you keep coming to church, and as the word is being taught you, now it's affecting your thinking, which is affecting your feeling, which is changing your actions. Are you with me? So the faith is, that you are receiving because of what you have heard is now affecting the action and is now moving your step, one step from here, one step towards Manchester to get your car. And you need your body to relate with what is being taught. Are you with me? So you relate with your body and it's the same thing with uh, uh, God himself. 
God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's like your spirit, your soul, your body, isn't it? When God the Father, all these three were, were together in creation. When God the Father um, s- created the world and everything, he sent Jesus to come and buy our salvation. And when Jesus was leaving, he left the Holy Spirit to help us through our walk. Amen. Are you with me? He is always God with us. So now we are relating with the Holy Spirit on this earth. We are learning and walking with his faith. Amen. No, so how can, let's go to the next, go to four. So now we are going to look at what is the foundation of our faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. The Bible says that, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Amen. So we all have the measure of faith. Amen. Someone say, I have a measure of faith. So we all have a different level of faith. We must, we have faith at salvation. Are you with me? To receive Christ. For by faith are we saved through grace. Are you with me? So when the word of God is spoken, your very first encounter with God, your very first encounter with the Holy Spirit, your very first encounter is the word is spoken. Somehow you feel convicted. And it's not much, but then you say, okay, I'm going to respond to this call and I'm going to give my life to Christ. It's because you have received the word that has given you a little measure of faith. We all have faith. We don't, we don't really understand this God thing. We don't understand this Jesus thing. We don't understand this salvation thing, but we believe. So they say, lift up your hand and go and let a pastor pray. You go. Because of that belief, you take an action. Um, I don't know where I'm going to. Are we okay? Am I breaking our Christian faith down? All right. So once we receive this faith, it's not the only measure. There are some that have little faith. Little faith. Which means that that seed of faith can erode and become little. Are you with me? Matthew eight twenty six. But Jesus said to them, why are you fearful? Jesus was on a boat with the disciples and he was asleep and the wind, turbulence came onto the boat and they said, Master, do you care not that we are dying? They were scared. And then when they they, they went to wake Jesus up, what did he say? Oh, you of what? Little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the wind. The same version, look, look, look at Luke. Luke 12, 28. If this is how God clothed the grass, which is in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more would, the, would he clothe you? You of what? Little faith. Are you with me? 
So when that measure of faith, which is the master seed, is put in your hand and you don't work it, it becomes little faith. You can also have the next type of faith. Give me the next type of faith. No faith. Mark chapter 4, verse 38 to 41. This is the same story. The why care not that we are perishing. We go on quickly, my time. Then he arose and rebuked the wind. And peace, peace be still. Then he turned to them, verse 40, quickly. Why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So there are Christians sitting here who have little faith, and there are some who have no faith. The faith has finished. Because when you don't use the faith that is in your hand, it becomes little faith. And I said that faith is not a feeling, it's not a belief, it's an action based on what you, you have. You are not taking action based on what you believe and what you have read. You can't grow it. Are you with me? And there's a growing faith. Jude and verse 20 says that, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. So as you keep praying, as you keep, you know, reading the Bible, you are growing your faith. So we have no faith, little faith, growing faith, and then we have what? What's the next one? Quickly. Great faith. Matthew 8, 10. Jesus was talking about the centurion. Remember the centurion that said that you don't have to come to my house. You just speak the word and my servant will be healed. How many remember that story? And Jesus said that not in Israel have I seen such great faith. Jesus answered and said, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly I said to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So it means that this guy had great faith. Amen. So our Christianity and our Christian work is in measures. Some have no faith in the Christian work. They are just here. That's the, the next wind you are out. Some have little. So maybe two more winds. <laughs> and you are out. Are you with me? Some are growing their faith. And some also have great faith. Now how do we receive faith? Romans chapter 10 verse 17 is that Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by. That is why it is very important as a Christian to put yourself in a place where you can constantly hear. Because if you don't hear, your faith doesn't grow. Amen. If you don't hear, your faith will not grow. Your faith grows by hearing. That is why it's important. On Wednesday, we are talking about um, the word, isn't it? The foundation of the word. Because the foundation of the word is the foundation of faith. Amen. That is why you must give yourself the, the, the opportunity every time you get it to hear more of the word, to read more of the word. Because the more you hear, the more you read, the more you are building your faith. How many are building your faith right now? You are hearing something that's changing your Christian, your Christian outlook because now, you, now this whole thing is making sense. Hallelujah. We need to build on the faith that we have. Amen. In, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9, 
This is how faith starts. For by grace have you been saved through faith, not as, as the gift of God. God gives everybody a small gift. It's a master seed. All right? That's the first one. Then go on to the next one. Not by what anyone should boast. Okay. The next one. So we are t- talking about types of faith, isn't it? Go quickly, my son. So growing faith. I've talked about growing faith, isn't it? Uh, Jude 1 and 20. He's growing the faith. Number three. Gift of faith. This is the, the, the if you could like, this is the advanced level of faith that is talked about in First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. Do you understand? People are creating a gift of faith, the gift of healing, working of miracles, raising the dead. It's also another measure. This is the kind of faith which we must all focus to have. It is a faith that comes through our work and our relationship with God. Amen. This is what Jesus operated on to heal the sick, feeding the 5,000 and all that. It was a certain type of faith. Amen. It's a gift. Amen. Hallelujah. How many have understood so far? Have you understood up to this point? Do you have any questions? Or you don't ask questions on Sundays? All right. Okay. So now let's go on. Oh, my time is up. Okay. So I was going to talk about the importance of faith. Amen. But before I do that, okay, let me finish with how to grow the faith. Because there's no point in talking about it and not showing you how to grow it, isn't it? So let's talk about how to grow it. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. The Bible says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you what? Rest. And the next verse says that, take my yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden and learn, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Verse 30. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Three steps. Someone say three steps. These are the three steps. The first one is to know what Jesus knows. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I'll give you rest. Learn of me. Are you with me? To build our faith is to know what Jesus knows. How can we know what Jesus knows? By learning what he, he has learned or he has taught. Amen. Don't just learn what he says, but do what he teaches. That's the second thing. So number two is not just learning Number two is that do what he teaches. Remember, faith is in the action. Faith is not in the belief. So the more we take the action, Matthew 16, verse 24 to 26, quickly. I I, I wanted to finish, but it doesn't look like I'll be able to finish. Jesus said to the disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Follow me to where? Follow me in my actions. Amen. Because in the actions is what you gain a bigger measure of faith and a bigger measure of faith and a bigger measure of faith. Amen. So have you understood it? The first one is what? 
Number two. Number three. Follow. Amen. Number three is what? Desire to follow him. Desire to be like him. Because in desiring to be like him, you are becoming more and more like Christ and more and more. So that's what we are doing now. We are all desiring to be like him. We are now trying to do what he, he says. We are trying to be, and the more we do, the more our faith grows. Amen. I will become people of faith. Stand to your feet.